Welcome, beautiful friend, to the Beyond the Plate podcast, your weekly helping of honest talk where life and health collide and make up your wellness. Because let's face it, your whole life impacts your whole health. And yes, it starts with you. This podcast is for you if you have a hunger for spending more time feeling good, bettering your life, and benefiting those around you by living authentically. We'll ignite those inner desires and cover how to tune inward to gain confidence to nourish yourself beyond what's on your physical plate. Tune in to tap into your unique needs and abilities to allow the abundance to overflow. Make sure you add this podcast to your library so you always have the latest episode. I'm your host, Dawn Marie, and I am honored to be your wellness guide. Let's get started. Hello, everyone listening to Beyond the Plate podcast with Dawn Marie. We have another special guest and my favorites in the Midwest, just like me and many of you. So I love finding these guests in the Midwest um, like us. So today we have Kennedy Youngren. And she is a registered dietitian. I love, like I before we hit record, I was like, can I just say you're the legendary dietitian? Because I just think it's so stinking cute um, because it's not legendary. Like you think it's like dairy as in dairy, right? So um, anybody who knows me, I'm obsessed with all things dairy. So it is perfect. So welcome, Kennedy. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for having me on, Don. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm glad that we could make this work. So, um, let's just kick it off and tell us like one, since we're on this, like me geeking out, um, how did you come up with the legendary dietitian? Like how did you get that as your handle? I would love to tell you that I came up with it, but when I was switching over, so previously I was actually the dugout dietitian on Instagram. So I was really focused on sports nutrition. I loved baseball and softball. So that was kind of my niche. And then I switched over and I'm like, you know what? I love agriculture so much more. So I put some feelers out to people that I had already following me on Instagram. And they're like the legendary dietitian. How funny is that? And I was like, oh my gosh, sold. Yes. I love it. That is awesome. So like what, let's talk more about that. And like, um, like your sports aspect of it. Like, did you do that right out of college? Like, did you stumble upon it? Like tell us the deeds. Yeah. So I was a high performing athlete for the state of Minnesota. I played softball and was a pitcher and it was my entire world. So I did my undergrad degree in dietetics and nutrition. I minored in psychology with an emphasis on the psychology of eating. And then after I graduated, I went off and I got my master's degree in exercise science and sports nutrition. So in that I worked underneath um, the dietitian for the New Orleans Saints, Tavis Piatoli. A couple of my professors were with colleges like Ohio State and various things like that. Um, and then to become a dietitian, we have to do 1200 hours of accredited or not accredited of supervised practice in various areas. So I was super fortunate to get with a dietitian named Raza Troop, who was a former, former Olympian for Lithuania. Um, she was the Minnesota twins dietitian at the time. So I oversaw the minor leaguers and, you know, it was just like full circle for me. And I was really convinced that that was everything I wanted to do. And then you know, I mean, I'm sure we're going to hit this later on down the road, but I'll jump the gun a little bit. Um, Being married or at that point of time, dating a farmer, I saw such a need and such a gap as far as his nutrition went. So I was like, there's so much that can kind of cross paths here with sports nutrition and fueling these men and women in agriculture, like an athlete. And, you know, you can't go to school and major in that and find out this stuff. So it was trial and error and reading lots of research and all the good stuff. So I kind of paved a path here in agriculture and that's how I ended up as the legendary dietitian. 
I love that. That is so much fun. And just to like put more of a connection, like, so I'm in Iowa and I'm really close to, well, I say really close. It's like 45 minutes. That is close to us. Um, close. Cedar Rapids Colonels. And we've just like, I think we went to two games this year and they like, I was trying to explain to the girls, like they're the minor leagues and they kind of mm -hmm. like feed players to the Minnesota twins. So, um, did you ever like consult any of them or is it like once they came up to Minnesota? Yep. So I actually just was like the hub up here in Minnesota. And because I wasn't actually a dietitian at that time, I was an intern. I basically did like the back end of stuff. And then Rasa would go down there and consult with them. Cause of course they want, you know, a true dietitian at that point, I was a baby one. Um, <laughs> they wanted a true dietitian to make sure they were, you know, getting everything perfect. Got it. Well, so cool. I love that. Um, before we move on from this, just cause I'm curious, like how does their diet vary from what your husband, like what, you know, cause I mm -hmm. loved what you've been putting out for content of like the snacks for like mm -hmm. the farmer and then the farm wife, like mm -hmm. that is a huge thing. And I love it. Like, it's just, it's just awesome. So, mm -hmm. um, shed some light on like a pro athlete or, you know, mm -hmm. specifically a baseball player versus a farmer. Like what uh are yeah, that's a great question. Um, so baseball players, you know, they're not necessarily our, our most energy expending athlete, like hockey or football, something that's really aggressive. You know, they're not necessarily making a ton of contact. So they're more of our lower energy expenditure athletes. So when you compare them to a farmer, yes, farmers are incredibly active. They don't necessarily have the training schedule and the regimens that these professional athletes do. But I take that into consideration as far as like, if you're in the cab, are you bouncing up and down because you're you know, going to expend some carbohydrates there. If you're milking cows in a tie style barn or a parlor, you're doing lots of movement. So there's more um, carbohydrates there. I still take lots and lots of the recovery mechanisms that I've learned with those professional athletes. And I kind of instill them or push them on our farmers, whether they be male or female, just because the, you know, toll that these men and women in agriculture get on their joints and their bones and all of these things, it takes some recovery strategy to minimize arthritis and muscle pain and deterioration and all of those things too. So lots of cross or paths crossed, but not exactly the same. I love that. That is very, yeah, it's very insightful. It's, that's smart. Um, oh, where else do we want to go? So I guess like just continue on with your journey of like how you got brought back to um, the farm because you're originally from Wisconsin, correct? Nope. I'm actually oh. from 15 minutes from where we are. Oh, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So did you grow up on a dairy or are you married a dairy? I married into dairy. So it's funny. My dad grew up on a dairy farm that obviously he didn't take his, take it over. His brother did. Um, and when I was growing up, my parents were like, well, Kennedy, if you keep misbehaving, you're going to have to spend the summer with uncle Adam on the farm. And I was like, no, that is the worst thing ever. So when I was 18 and I met Dylan and I came home, we had a family function pretty soon after Winstock. So it was June of like 2016. I think I met Dylan and I'm like, well, I met a farmer. And I called my mom the night I met him. And I was like, I'm going to marry him. And my aunts and uncles just laughed. They're like, okay, Kennedy, you're going to marry a farmer. Sure. So then, you know, seven years later, I married him and I've been on the farm and it's, I tell everybody it is the most beautiful compliment to being a dietitian. And I've learned far more from being on the farm trial and error, the things that I'm able to explain to people who don't necessarily, you know, have this experience or aren't in agriculture. Cause I do work with a lot of brands and, um, you know, overarching agencies like Midwest dairy. So I get to communicate a lot on behalf of the farmers too. And it's, it kind of just gives me that little leg up as far as being the extra expert. Yes, that is awesome. It is so like rewarding too. And like you get to be a part of it, but in the niche that you excel in. Mm -hmm. So then it's not like a, 
comparison mode or like not feeling enough mm-hmm. because like you know like the nutrition part like you mm-hmm. got that so um it's just very cool when you can bridge that and just both be at the best there so yes it was awesome Perfect. So I did ask you some hot topics because I always like to hear like raw and like what always comes up for you. Um, and so let's just talk about nutritionists versus a dietitian. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So this is something, if you guys have interacted with me at all, I'm very passionate about, and it's, I I'm passionate about it because a, I protect, you know, my cohort of dietitians because we went to school for so long. So in order to become a dietitian, you now the, the uh, requirements have changed to kind of solidify what I had already done. But at the time when I was going to school, we had to get our four-year degree in dietetics specifically. We couldn't go to, you know, just any, any um, university. It had to be accredited. So in the state of Minnesota, there was only four. Um, so I had to go do that get my four-year degree. And then I had to apply for a dietetic internship. So at the point where I applied, it was about a 46% match rate. So it wasn't like my aunt and uncle have, you know, connections at this local hospital, you can intern there. It was, you have to be with an institute that's going to do education, provide experiences. You have 1200 unpaid hours that you also then pay to enroll in. You send an application in. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of work. So I did my four-year degree and then simultaneously pursued my internship with my master's degree at the same time. So then after that, when you pass, I mean, you know, God hoping that your preceptors kind of rate you and say like, yeah, you are good enough to go out there. Um, when you pass, you can, you know, study for quite a long time and then you sit for your RD exam. And then after that, you're registered across the country. So from there, you can get licensed in different States that require licensure. And there's only a few that don't. So like California is one where like me as a dietitian in Minnesota, I don't need a license to practice in California. I can see all of those clients untouched. Um, when you pair it to a nutritionist, there's really, really loose terms. So a nutritionist, like you could go out on Instagram today and call yourself a nutritionist. There's not necessarily any education requirements. There's not any, um, insurance or things that kind of cover your butt, unless you're a certified nutritionist. And that is even touch and go because a certified nutritionist, if it's true to the core, they married or they majored in nutrition science. So they actually went to school for nutrition science and took quite a few classes that were similar to us. Um, but our core, like core of it is medical nutrition therapy, advanced metabolism, treating disease, preventing disease and those things. Whereas those guys are more of like, here's how your metabolism and digestive system work. And they get more of like the, you know, nitty gritty, but, um, you know, like I said, if you want to be a personal trainer and call yourself a nutritionist, that's very different than being a dietitian. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I can attest to that because I did a year training to be a certified, um, coach, Mm-hmm. And it's like very like clear, like you cannot say that you were mm-hmm. this, like I can use my credits to go towards mm-hmm. a, like a more of a degree, but honestly, I'm like schooled out. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, like not to discredit anybody that's done all the hours, but it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's not the right fit for that person, there's somebody who went through the whole thing. Yes, they passed and they're still not very good at what they do. Yep. So I'm just like, um, I'll just do this at the time. Like, cause it just matched up with what my passion was, mm-hmm. um, instead of going head first since I already have a four-year degree. And yeah. Like, so it's like, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's very different. Like I can never call myself that. Like, I don't even call myself a nutritionist. Like yeah. that's why I coined like holistic lifestyle coach or mentor. Mm-hmm. Like I use those terms. So yes, very yeah. different, but yet. While we take a quick break from this episode, I have to ask, 
do you love washing dishes? <laughs> Said no one ever, right? So let's be honest and admit that we are likely the ones that do the majority of the dishes. Yeah. Yes, and we also love our dishwasher, but there's always the water bottles and Ryan's coffee tumblers that just don't fit on that rack. Or let's be really real, sometimes those coffee tumblers take days to make it from his truck to the sink. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> but with the Norwex and Viro sponges, it makes washing dishes a breeze. No lie, without having any of the sticky dish rag or sponge situation that no one wants to touch because then your hands stink. Ugh, it just grosses me out even talking about it. But with the Enviro sponge, simply add a drop of dish, water, dish soap to your dish water and you have a smooth and a scrub all in one sponge with anti-back properties so it doesn't stink. Huh, so many benefits right there. No stink and it makes it easier. Sign me up, right? I love these things. And my routine is to use them all week long, squeeze them out really good, let them dry on your sink or counter or however you wanna do it, just as long as you squeeze out all the water. And then all you have to do is toss them in the wash with a load of jeans and boom, they're good as new each and every week. No stink. Awesome. If you want to check out my favorite Norwex products, check the link in the show notes today. So now talk to us more about like fueling the farmer and like mm -hmm. busy lifestyle. Like that is hard, especially mm -hmm. with different seasons. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us some of the tips and tricks um, that you, that you use, that you mm -hmm. um, educate on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of start with what I see the most. So like I said, I work with both male and female farmers, farm wives, ranchers, cowboys, whatever, um, from across the country. And what I see most is the, or what I hear most, I guess I should say is the cows eat before I do. So we have all these men and women in agriculture who go out and they do the work, but they're fasted, right? They didn't have breakfast or they are surviving off of caffeine or pop or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, when we do that, what happens is we're kind of elongating that time without gas in our, in our tank. So the analogy I use is, you know, you're hopefully sleeping seven to nine hours per night. You wake up, you're essentially on E, we got to get something in our system. So when I talk with people, I'm like, your breakfast needs to be the most beautiful, large, abundant plate that you have all day. There's a little coined term that's like, um, in the morning you eat like a prince in the evening, you eat like a popper. And I don't necessarily love that, but I like the idea of it. Um, and I like that because again, when you're running on E, your body is just going to be like, I'll take whatever you give me. I'm going to kind of absorb it, digest it or digest it and absorb it and then allocate it where it needs to go. And that's going to get you to your next thing. So going back to that gas tank analogy, I'll usually say that that first meal kind of doesn't sit in your tank, but everything after that kind of builds up and gets you to, a, you know, a full tank and then being able to sleep for the rest of the night. So breakfast is one thing that I'm really, really hard on people about whether or not it has to be a snack per se or a true meal it's better than nothing and i tell people too you know when we go out as a man or a woman in agriculture and you're working cattle or you're working livestock in general or you're you know getting up and down out of silos and grain bins and tractors and all of this stuff you're putting some serious stress and some serious movement on your joints so when we're in that fasted state we're even more susceptible to injury so another parameter that I take with quite a few people, because of course everything is relatively individualized. Mm -hmm. um, another approach I take is a lot of things that are really rich in collagen. So from a dietitian perspective, I'm whole foods first. I don't necessarily love to have people spending lots and lots of money on supplements. So we find ways that we can increase collagen 
which is our most abundant protein in our body. It's really crucial for bone joints, tissues, ligaments, everything else. We find ways to sneak that in. So things like gelatin and actual supplement of collagen, um, making sure you're having roasts or things that have, you know, bone marrow in them. So if you do a roast in the crock pot, of course, keep that in there as long as you can. The marrow is going to come out of the bone. That's where we have collagen. Um, just, you know, a few things like that, hydration, the whole gamut. I feel like I'm rambling. So I'll let you cut in. <laughs> no, I love it. It's good. This is good. Cause I always like to have like guests come on that are giving something tangible to our mm-hmm. listeners that they're like, Oh, I can do this and implement it and not feel like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, like I have to change like everything Mm -hmm. I do. Um, but I did have to laugh. Like, uh, even though I coach as well, like my husband, like I've learned, you can't force them, but they slowly learn to like, when I don't nag on him, he'll pick up some Mm -hmm. of their habits. So it's like, right now our thing is pop. So, um, like tea, I'm giving him a lot, like making a lot of sun Mm -hmm. tea just so that he's not grabbing a pop. Um, we have hogs. And so, yeah, a lot of times it's early morning and he never eats breakfast unless it comes from a gas station, but it's like, was just already trying to think I'm like, how in the world, if he was like, technically my paid client, how the hell would I get him to eat breakfast? Like to make it like a habit, you know, like it's uncomfy things. So it's always to coach other people than our family. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think too, like that point that you're making right there, that's definitely something that I see. I see a lot of women who schedule consultations for their husbands, which is wonderful. And usually that actually is enough for their husband. You know, if they've said like, yes, fine, I will jump on this call for you. Their husband is relatively willing enough to do it, but that's where the wife comes in or the partner or whoever it is. And they're honestly probably taking more of the, you know, preparation role and just doing all the labor while the farmer or the rancher comes in and just grabs it. Right. Yeah, have it ready to go. I love that. Yes. Um, What other, like to kind of go back on that and the college collagen thing, I liked how you were sharing like different things that you can get it in because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people just instantly think like, oh, it needs to be a supplement. It's a powder Mm -hmm. that's going to be put into something. So Mm -hmm. uh, not to put you on the spot, but what other type of foods do you see have the natural like collagen in them? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, gelatin actually is going to be your richest one. So not necessarily like going to the store and buying jello, but that gelatin powder that you make, if you can do that and you can make it with bone broth, obviously it's not necessarily as sweet. It doesn't taste as wonderful, but again, both of those things are two of our richest sources of collagen, especially if you make your own bone broth or bone stock, however you do it. Um, so the way I do it is I keep all of my veggie scraps, I freeze them. And then when our butcher comes out, I take all the marrow bones and I get three or four marrow bones in a crock pot, the veggie scraps, fill it up with water over the top. And I let that crock pot honestly just sit on low for 24 hours. And then it goes in everything. If you want to, you know, drink warm bone broth first thing in the morning, that is necessary or is technically going to be some level of protein for you, but then you're also Mm -hmm. seriously getting a super hefty dose of, of collagen. So if you've ever like made your own bone broth and you've noticed that it gets thicker, more gelatin like consistency, that's the collagen right in there. So those are definitely two. And then, like I said, basically anytime that you can get a bone in and not necessarily like the bone of a steak, but the bone of a roast that's hollow and you can actually see, you know, that there is marrow in there in some capacity. Those are again, just another really rich source. I love that. Um, I have to admit like bone broth has been on my list to do and try for like four years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just do it. Just try it. Like I have every recipe pulled mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I love that you said you keep your veggie scraps and you just freeze mm-hmm. them 
So mm -hmm. then when you have that bone, so dumb, maybe dumb question, but after the roast, or maybe you said that, like, just like after you use the roast or is it already cooked mm -hmm. down too much? Like, can you use that bone to then put with the veggies to make the broth? You could, but most times if you're, if it's in a crock pot or a Dutch oven, chances are that marrow has kind of slipped right. out already. Yeah. So we usually like, I'll keep some of them. I don't necessarily know, like, you know, it's going to do a whole bunch for us compared to those marrow bones, but I'll keep them. And then once we're done with them, the dog, the dogs get them. Yep. So then when you get your meat from the locker, do you just have them cut them? Like you specifically ask for those? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they know I'm pretty high maintenance with them. They keep the liver. They ask if I want the heart. They don't judge. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. There's just something special about having a good relationship with your locker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause I'm like, I'm picky on how it gets packaged. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Good, good, good. I love these tips. Um, so let's just keep going, going down like mm -hmm. uh, a day worth. So mm -hmm. kind of covered some breakfast and how that's important and mm -hmm. like to start so you're not on E, um, to try to get some collagen in. Um, let's just kind of peg off of some mm -hmm. of the things that you've had on content for snacks mm -hmm. yeah. um, or if they're a morning snack and then we'll kind of go mm -hmm. on. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily per se specifically, again, everything is so individual, but it doesn't necessarily matter whether it's a man or a woman, but getting a really high caloric, high fat good fats, um, snack in, in the morning is really important as far as energy levels go too. So I like to tell people, especially my women that I work with, you need to make sure you're not having any carbohydrates alone. Reason being because we see that blood sugar spike and that blood sugar fall. We want more of a hill of that gradual digestion. So what we do is we have that carbohydrate, but we pair it with a protein more protein, the better your body's going to kind of promote muscle protein synthesis. So the formation of new lean gains, metabolism stays stimulated. And I typically see even most men are under fueled as far as protein goes. Um, the general recommendation is like 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram, which that's going to go over quite a few people's heads, but that's way, way too low of protein for most people. That's what the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics kind of recommends as a baseline to keep you out of malnourishment. I have people exceed that. And of course, again, every number is really individualized, but so long as there's no kidney or renal dysfunction or history of that in your family, we're really pushing protein. Um, so like I said, back to those snacks, making sure they're calorically heavy or calorically dense, making sure that they're good quality fats, you're getting some protein in there, some carbohydrates, we're going to elongate that morning energy. So again, that first breakfast doesn't necessarily stay in the tank, but everything after builds it up. So if we can get lots of good nutrition in that tank that gets us through to lunch, that maybe does or doesn't happen at noon, maybe it happens at two, that's going to be kind of the better bang for a buck. So today I posted for women, like two energy bites that are filled with things like goji berries or, um, different nuts, nut butter, all of those things. Those are going to be things that are really, again, a kind of energy boosting. They give you long, sustainable lasting energy, but they're also kind of ornate foods that we don't get in our diet often. So another big proponent of who I am and something that I really stand for is gut health, but also increasing our fiber intake. Because again, that's something that I really see is really low and people in agriculture struggle with it because we are a meat and potatoes and maybe we get a green vegetable or we get corn, which I consider a carbohydrate yes. um, in place of a vegetable. But we see a little bit too low of that fiber intake. So pushing those energy balls that have, you know, things like dates, if we can push chia seeds and flax seeds, now we get things like omega-3s 
which are again, calorically dense, but they also help lubricate bones and joints. Um, they're great for cardiovascular health. They're great for uh, brain health, but cardiovascular health is something that's really important for men and women in agriculture too, especially when we have such high stress. So that on top of bones and joints, all the things. Um, another kind of example snack that I shared for the morning was like hummus and veggies. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other ones. If we switch to evening time snacks, I'll usually have people do walnuts and tart cherry juice. Those are two of our top most natural producing melatonin foods. So tart cherry juice, I am like tart cherry juice's biggest fan. And if you have ever interacted with me, you know that I just am obsessed with it. Um, tart cherry juice is a great, great supplement. If you are somebody who struggles with inflammation, if you are somebody who's healing or repairing off of an injury, um, if you're sick, if you can't sleep, there's really nothing that it honestly can't do. So I consider very few things, superfoods. I think that's kind of a marketing term, but beets, liver and tart cherry juice. Those are three things and kefir, four things, I guess, that I am a huge, huge, um, proponent of as far as, you know, including in your diet day to day. I love that. That is good. So then what do you see, um, for like an ideal lunch? Like mm -hmm. we're not ones that sit down, you know, it's mm -hmm. not typical of like how our grandparents and parents, um, yep. farmed it's at, you know, they're just always on the go high stress. So mm -hmm. um, what are some of those key lunches for ideas? Yeah. So I usually tell people don't underestimate seriously a sandwich. So if we can get whole grain bread in, or if we can get two slices, slices of sourdough, I actually consider that one source of fermentation in your day. Mm -hmm. So if we can get those kinds of breads, or we can get a pita wrap, something that's a little higher fiber, a little bit more grain, and then we double the protein on the sandwich, we're sitting in a really great position. But also I think that if we have, you know, things like hamburgers or again, sub sandwiches, different things like that. And we put lettuce or spinach, onion, tomato, pickles, those things on it. People kind of let that go over their head as far as, oh, I did have vegetables at lunch. You know, I think that we have this, I don't know, a bias maybe ingrained in us that like a cheeseburger isn't healthy, but when we break it down for what it is, protein, carbohydrate, fat, and then you fluff it up with the veggies on there. So those are, no, it meets all the, all, it hits all the key things. That's the thing. Yeah. I just recently, probably in the last three months have really focused on my macros because mm -hmm. again, like I was one that I thought I was eating more protein because we have freezer full of pork. Like I'm always having good cuts of pork and I'm just like, wow, for the other meals, I'm not hitting my protein as much, even with a protein powder in the morning, mm -hmm. it just wasn't. So then incorporating like yogurts, like mm -hmm. plain Greek yogurt, um, was a big thing. Like, I don't like to say just yogurt. Cause I feel like everybody's like, Oh, the delicious one with the, the fruit in it. No, yeah. please don't, please don't like run, add your own fruit, yeah. add your own fruit yep. in it because you're getting so much sugar. Like I don't know. Like, I just, am always like anti-sugar. Like, yes, it has its place, but we get yep. so much of that and not enough of the good mm -hmm. fats and proteins. It's just mm -hmm. what I see a lot of. So yes. All right. And then, so I think that kind of covers for dinner too, unless you have some other like good ideas or field meals or something like that, even though we're, we're kind of in spraying season down here, spraying yeah. spring, So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Nope. Honestly, we do a lot of like kebabs, handheld things, um, tacos. We do, I'll do, um, like a Bansa noodle, that chickpea noodle, um, mac and cheese, and then we'll do any like leftover steak or pulled pork or whatever. So we're getting high protein mac and cheese. We're covering our bases with, you know, protein, protein, carbs, and fat. We sneak in a veggie on the side or more of a fruit in that place too, but don't underestimate things like a kebab too. I shared a meat and cheese kebab that I put in Dylan's lunchbox last week and people were like, what? 
And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can slip in veggies in there too, if you want. You could do like BLT style, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it just like, and it's a nice summer variation because otherwise like, yes, when you think of prepping foods, it's always like use the crock pot. Well, right now we're all suffering in this like ungodly heat. And so yes. nobody wants anything hot. So then it's like, okay, what are, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of rethink and it makes it fun. Like eating is mm-hmm. supposed to be enjoyable. Like if we yes. eat it, it's not going to do us any good, right? Like it's not. So you have to, it has to be satiated too. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yes. Good. Um, what are some other, um, like myths that I guess you see mm-hmm. people come to you that they're like, I think they already like, Oh, well, I know this. And then you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most people come to me and I think that they think a, that as a dietitian, I'm going to give them a meal plan and I don't. So I want people, you know, when I, I guess when I have people who ask for one, I'm like, I don't know your budget. I don't know what you have access to. I don't know what your taste preferences are. So I'm not going to make you one of those because a, that's not necessarily even fun for me. That's not what dietitians actually go to school for. So it makes me giggle. Um, but on top of that, I think that all of these people, you know, are hesitant to reach out sometimes because they think that I'm going to be like, nope, you're going to have sauteed veggies and you're going to just have salt and pepper on them. And you're going to eat salads and all of these things. And sure, that would be fantastic. But also salads don't really work in the combine or in the tractor or the sprayer. (laughs) Um, there's nothing that I tell you is off limits. We work with what you specifically have or you like, and we just kind of amplify it. So if I have people who are like, Kennedy, I have to have my 12 ounce pop a day. It's that I would say pop is my number one thing that I struggle with most as a dietitian, but I will never tell you, you can't have it. So what we do is we have to pair that with a really hefty dose of protein just because of the amount of sugar in there. So when people come to me and they, you know, let's, you know, they have pop, for example, they get that rapid blood sugar spike. And I'm like, are you tired by 12, three o'clock? And they're like, yeah, I am. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Here we go. This is how we're going <laughs> to amplify it. So yeah, I would say that, you know, two things that I see most are just people are confused about what I'm going to do with them as a dietitian and think that it's going to be straight veggies, no fruit. Um, you know, lots of lean cuts of meat, like more so fish, which if you can get two to three servings of fatty fish in per week, you're sitting in a wonderful spot, but again, not everybody likes it. And in the Midwest, we don't have access to it. So yeah. Even with like, uh, the home delivery, like we have our swans. I don't know if swans is a thing in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, they have some really good options, but otherwise it's like, oh, you get tired of having it frozen. So my brother lives in Mm -hmm. Florida. And so I'm like super excited when we go there. I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not cold water fish, but it's like, you still get some of the better ones that aren't the bottom. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Always a treat. Good. Um, what are some other things that you have going on and your business right now? Like, is there anything that's coming up that people could seek you out for? Do you mm-hmm. have any programs? Give us yeah. So, well, thanks for asking us, by the way. Um, so when I had my daughter in November of last year, I quit my job and I went full-time in my private practice, which was, you know, a scary leap. But in that last nine months that I've had, I've really tried to offer something that hits everybody. And as a dietitian, of course, I don't necessarily want to work with everybody, but I want everybody who wants to work with me to have something that can benefit them. So I have a course right now that's breaking down the basics. It's everything that you learn when you work directly with me one-on-one, just without the accountability and with kind of a better price point. So there's that course that I offer for $200. Then there's another one that's eating for your cycle. And that one has been a huge hit. Women are really interested in that with all of the, you know, PCOS, hormonal imbalance, those kind of things. It's a really new and fun science that I teach things like seed cycling, kind of understanding actually your cycle because women are so 
so, I don't know, far removed from really truly understanding our bodies. So I have to say, isn't it funny? (laughs) Because I also teach on this too, because it was something that I learned just in the last like three or four years of my life. And I'm like, how did I not know this? So I do the same thing. I teach people on that. And it's always so fun to just watch that like Mm -hmm. aha moment of like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. how did nobody tell us this? But Mm -hmm. as being farm wives, I think it it Mm -hmm. is crazy that we know the cycle of our sows. We know Mm -hmm. their ovulation. We know everything about them. And then our husbands do not know any of that. Like they don't yep. like cross over and realize, oh, my wife goes through that too. Or like, yep. you know, as I was going through it and I was like, I like during luteal, I would snap or something. And I was like, I'm sorry, Ryan. Like that's my husband's name. And I was like, I'm in luteal phase. And he's like, what woo woo shit is that? And I'm like, okay, time out. Like you understand when the sounds that we all like, I'm like, no, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Well, and I, and I gave my speech at cultivating courage in 2021, I think on a lot of this. And I had women who were like, I didn't even know that cycle day one was the first day I started bleeding. I thought it was the day after my period ended. And I was like, you know, it's just simple things like that, that are such a gap. And, you know, we have an overutilization, I feel like of birth control. And Mm -hmm. again, there's a time and a place for everything and everyone fits in some capacity, but that's something that in my own personal experience, I do have PCOS. Um, I feel like birth control kind of amplified things like that. My elevated testosterone kind of, you know, um, furthered my understanding and my connection with my own body. So I have made that kind of one of my side missions as far as what I hope to change in people. So that course is offered. Um, and then on August 21st, so just under a month, I have a course coming out that's nutrition from conception through postpartum and breastfeeding. And that has been like my child right now. It has been so much fun to do. Um, that was something that I really didn't get interested in until I got pregnant with Ada James. And then, um, you know, that's my course load right now. So those three will be offered come August 21st. And then I enroll clients one-to-one if people feel like they need more accountability and they want to work directly with me. I usually do cap it, but you can always find it in my Instagram stories. There's always a link to my application in my bio, whether you be waitlisted or not. I always communicate via DMs or email or whatever needs to be. Um, and then I just launched a membership. So that actually goes live on Friday, July 28th. And that will be month long or a month long of group work, essentially. So you're getting kind of a cohort. This first month is working through the basics again. So that base knowledge of nutrition. And then after that, we're flipping to hormonal harmony. So next month, we'll kind of start focusing on things that we can do to just kind of foster a really beautiful environment for our female reproductive hormones, looking at our environment, because in agriculture, we are exposed to more things that are like endocrine disruptors that can kind of cause some of those disruptions in our hormones, um, decrease, you know, fertility and those kind of markers too. So lots of, lots of stuff. (laughs) And you have a beautiful, uh, product suite. I love it. Like, and how, um, like you said, it's something for everybody. Like there's something and just kudos for tying it directly to like what we live in because it feels like for the longest time we were like, yes, we're in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we get hopped over, you know, like, anything you talk about, uh, or hear about not you talk, but like you hear about in the industry, it's like people like, uh, I don't know. It just feels like they were always statistics, but they're not, they're like on males or menopause women. So it's like, you can't sink your, um, your workouts to that, mm-hmm. or like none of that research was ever fitting. And then, um, yeah, just like what we're exposed to in the Midwest on how that can change things is just like mm-hmm. a huge eye opener. And it kind of makes you feel like we're heard, you know, like yeah. we're humans and mm-hmm. like functioning people in this country yeah. too. Like it, it just felt like for the longest time, 
it was just forgot about like and mm-hmm. not everybody lives in a big city like if you really come to think about mm-hmm. it there's so many more of us that are in rural settings yes anything else but yeah it's just like e- I don't know if it's easier or if it's just not as sexy to deal with yes. the rest of us yeah. I'm like I have one client where yeah, they just, they, a good grocery store is 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like working on that of like time management of when she can go to do that. So she gets the produce that she's like desiring mm-hmm. that takes effort. It's not like a, oh, I can just have a grocery pickup or delivery because she's in a rural setting. So right. yeah, I love that. Love your mission that you're on. Love that you are on our podcast today. I will link your um, Instagram, Facebook, and your website on there so they can find you. Um, Yes. And to wrap up, I always like to ask some fun things. Um, One, what are you currently binging? So it can be food, it can be an activity, it can be mm-hmm. reading or whatever it is. It just always thinks that it's fun to like hear from the, the guests mm-hmm. of like, you know, to understand your personality a little bit more. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you know me at all, I really don't read anything that's not honestly like a textbook or personal development. So right now I'm all working through things that are um, like our detoxification pathways in our liver that talks about how we aromatize estrogen into testosterone as well as understanding like the Dutch testing a little bit more. So everything I do as is educational. So I would say <laughs> I'm, binge- I'm binging a locker of education. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, but if you enjoy it, that's all that matters. So I think some people can be, they can get into the self-help and self-empowerment world, and then it can actually be paralyzing because mm-hmm. it's analysis paralysis where, you know, so much is thrown at yep. us. And we don't know what to do. So we stay stuck. So mm-hmm. I love that you're like empowered by the information yep. because then it's a way that you can teach as well. So that oh, is yes. awesome. And lastly, what are you grateful for? I like to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So then if somebody's stuck in a mood, you know, it can be, we're having a really good day or we're having a Mm -hmm. shitty ass day. And Mm -hmm. if there's like the smallest thing of like, you know, your toddler didn't throw a tantrum when you got him in the car, that's a win. And that's something Mm -hmm. to be grateful for. So it can be something as as that. Oh my gosh. I was just kind of analyzing this yesterday. I'm just grateful for every experience that I have had in agriculture and being so accepted into every now. So on Sunday, I fly down to Iowa to do a dairy after dark where I educate actually moms who are kind of opposed to dairy and on how they can, you know, increase that in their children's diets. And then from there, I fly to New York for Empire Farm Days. So it's just like, I was reflecting yesterday on just gratitude in general for what this last nine months of entrepreneurship has looked like. And it's It makes me get all misty. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is beautiful. Isn't it just crazy when it's like you take the leap of faith and and you really don't know how it's going to turn out, Mm -hmm. but you really trust yourself and your intuition. Mm -hmm. And then when it starts to like develop in front of you, it's like, oh my God, like Mm -hmm. this this is what I was meant to do. So, so bonus, um, just for curiosity sake, we're at Iowa is that we are at Mount Pleasant. So Southeast Iowa. Got it. Yeah. Not too far from me. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you so much, Kennedy, for being on today. Again, I will put all of her good links in the show notes. So make sure to check those out and until next time, keep living authentically you. That's a wrap for today. I hope you enjoyed our time together as much as I have. And I would be forever grateful if you would leave a five-star rating and a review on your podcast app. By showing your love for Beyond the Plate, this helps get the show into so many more hands of others that could also be benefiting from what we're chatting about around here. So until next week, my friend, keep being authentically you.
Thank you.